and welcome to Let's Talk Diz, a show that gives you everything you need to know to help make your Disney vacation as magical as can be in just about 20 minutes. I'm your host, Jeff Coviello. With me each week is Disney Master Sandy from Easy Diz by Instant Impressions Travel Services. Sandy, how are you tonight? I am doing great, Jeff. How are you? I am excited to talk to you. We had mentioned last week that uh, this week's show was going to be <laughs> an interview with you as you step off the plane, and literally you, you are have just gotten off the plane. You've just returned from this year's version, A Taste of Epcot's International Flower and Garden Festival. And I think I timed it well. For those of you who are pretty new to the show, I'm a Jersey girl. When I got on the plane last week, it was a wonderful 23 degrees. I still had about 23 inches of snow on my driveway. Um, I'm back in New Jersey now. It's 60 and they're saying this is going to be the greatest weather week we have. And it was awfully cold up here while I was gone, but warm to hot while I was down in Orlando. So can't ask for anything more than that. Let's just jump right in because, you know, we had talked about the the festivals that Epcot has been doing. We asked this on the Festival of the Arts show. It's a festival are they encouraging gatherings of people? They definitely are not encouraging gatherings, but the parks are open. Um, we're at 35% occupancy right now, and they're doing a phenomenal job of the six feet markers and spacing out. If you go to something like the American Adventure Theater, you'll see stickers blocking off six feet of seats and then six feet where you can sit. They're really doing a great job of keeping everybody socially distant. I'm going to clarify because I kind of got called out on a social media group the other day. I keep referring to travel now as being post-COVID. And I am very clear, we are not done with COVID. I am in no way implying that we are through the COVID time, unfortunately. But by post-COVID, I mean things are starting to open. We are traveling we can get on an airplane we can go out of state we are keeping that six foot distance we are wearing our masks we're not in what we're going to start calling the new normal though i'd like it to be back to the old normal but we are post-covid in that all of these changes have occurred everyone still needs to think for themselves obviously do what they're comfortable with but you can certainly be smart and travel safely. And, you know, I definitely have my hand sanitizer and my Lysol wipes and my spray. And I'm cautious, but Disney does a great job. And this festival is just one more opportunity to start to feel a little bit more normalcy. Okay, so for those folks that have not been to this festival, let's give it a little bit of a of an explanation as to what it is, how long it runs, and, and you know, what, what it covers. So as its name says, it is the Flower and Garden Festival. It's all about flowers and gardens and plants and outdoor living. And several years ago, Disney kind of made all of the festivals a little bit about entertainment and about food. One of the great things when we were talking about, you know, are they encouraging gatherings? And obviously, again, no, they're not. And one of the big signs that they want to let everybody who wants to come to the festival still come but spread out the crowds is this year marks the longest ever running flower and garden festival. So it just opened. I was there March 3rd opening day and it will run all the way through July 5th. So the beginning of your summer vacation and you can still get flowering gardens. So especially for my 
school teacher friends who aren't braving spring break or maybe depending where you are your spring break was taken away this will be the first time that you can do a late june early july vacation and still get a festival in this festival typically falls at a time where it does make it difficult for certain teachers unless they're going to go down on spring break which is always a very high volume time to be in walt disney world so that it does give that extra extension there where the crowds may not be at the level they would be at spring break one of the things that you and I had talked about was actually the crowds, and, and we're going to kind of get into it uh, a little bit later on, but I did want to ask you, what is missing this year from this festival that typically would be there? I think there were kind of two things that I always look and enjoy that were missing. The seminars that we're used to weren't there, but we'll talk about how they really reimagine them. I think, unfortunately, as this post-COVID time draws on, it gives those amazing Imagineers the opportunity to keep tweaking and tweaking and tweaking the programs. And they did a phenomenal job of giving us a taste of seminars in a different fashion since we can't gather. And the big thing is all of their festivals typically have huge concerts, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. And obviously, they're not bringing in those big names and having those big gatherings, but they really brought that in differently. Um, in the American Adventure where we normally see those bands, what I loved, again, being in this post-COVID time and talking about our economy being realistic and a lot of people's local struggles, instead of bringing in these bigger name bands, they're bringing in local bands, so you're still getting that music, but they're bringing it in locally and giving those people the opportunity. And if you've ever been in World Showcase during one of those concerts, you know that probably about two-thirds of that lagoon area, you can hear the concert without even sitting in the theater. So again, that helps to space people out. I'm really excited that that's what they're doing. As somebody who has friends who are performers in local bands, not to the Orlando area, but around here, it's something that really has taken a hit. It's something that, that these performers have not had the opportunity to go out and perform and hone their craft and, and gather a fan base. So that's a really interesting wrinkle that they've thrown in there. And, and all of that's happening at the American Adventure Theater. It is. And as you know, we've talked about my family as well being huge fans of the arts. And we are constantly seeking out those live performances in Disney. That's how we spend a lot of our time versus necessarily on attractions. And every trip I've gone, there has been a little bit more of that live entertainment. And to me, that brings us closer to that everyday Disney feel because those entertainers always just add so much to the experience. Now, correct me if you already said this because you had mentioned the theater. I know when we had done the Taste of the Festival of the Arts, you had mentioned that they did a very good job of sectioning off certain places where you could be, marking off certain places where you could be. I'm assuming that that's the same or, or modified as well. It is. So every other row has a rope across it so you're not sitting in it. And then every row that does have people has six feet of the metal bench and then a six feet sticker that says, do not sit here, and then six more feet. So if you're a large family, let's say you're seven or eight people, you're going to need two sections in the theater. You can't even do that six foot section together 
because you won't all fit. So they're really doing just an awesome job of making sure everybody stays as safe as possible. Let's talk about the things that they are offering that maybe are consistent that we definitely want to see in this taste of Epcot's International Flower and Garden Festival this year. So all year long, you see those topiaries. I love I love the topiaries. I, I, I love the topiaries that are there, you know, every year. It's one of the things that I definitely enjoy seeing the detail there. How many topiaries are, are there this year? So this year there are 24 themes, which represents over 100 sculptures. So okay. for instance, you can head to the Lion King sculpture and you've got Mufasa and Simba and Rafiki. So multiple coming together. And if you check out our YouTube channel, we did a little video that has all of the topiaries and it's just an incredible sight to behold. And I will also give a shout out very close to that American Adventure Theater. There is a booth where you can buy either mini topiaries that are not mini mouse, mini in size, about three <laughs> foot tall, already set and ready to grow that you can take home. Or they do have a three foot Mickey metal frame where you can actually go home and plant your own. If you're like me and you just don't have a green thumb, my front yard has two huge topiaries that I got from Shop Disney probably a good eight or 10 years ago. They're each about seven foot tall. And since I gave up on planting them, I went to my local arts and crafts store. I got some ivy and mine are done in fake flowers because I certainly don't have the green thumb that all the horticulturists do at Epcot. Cool. What else? So as I said, the thing that I really missed, even though I'm not a gardener, is some of the seminars. And I loved how they reimagined it this year. They had more gardens than they've ever had before. And the gardens had a lot of little placards and facts in them. So for instance, you could go to the Shakespeare Garden, which was obviously over in the UK. And when you check that out, it had all the different explanations of the plants and how they related to Shakespeare. If you went over to the garden in Italy, it was all of the produce and herbs that are used in Italian food. So it explained this is parsley and this is the best recipes to use it in. Um, the China Pavilion, they did these awesome little zodiac topiaries that were more than just the greenery and flowers, a lot of really unique stones and things brought into them. And then kind of unique, because again, I do always think of topiaries as floral. Um, in Morocco, they did topiaries made out of Moroccan spices that were just incredible looking. And I am counting them part garden, part topiary. So again, you can take a peek at them in our YouTube video but it was great to see those things. They also had some of our real favorites. The Butterfly House was back again. I love walking through there and I was a little nervous that we might lose that one because again, that typically does draw a crowd. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, normally there's not a wait to get in because they allow a lot of people in there. Now, there was a wait if you went certain times of the day, but a great treat to see once again. They did a rainforest. They did a bamboo garden. Um, over in Germany, they had this little alpine miniature garden 
that was just adorable. So, so many extra things to see and so many things that were self-paced and self-timed to really take a lot of pressure off of trying to get everything into the festival for yourself. And I think that that might be a little bit of a silver lining to today's current, you know, climate for lack of a better term is that these, these experiences become self-paced something like, you know, the, the butterfly exhibit, it butterflies hold a very unique spot in my life. They were one of my mother's favorite things in the world. And so I have wonderful pictures of my daughter inside of that little uh, experience there with a butterfly landing right on her head. And it's, it's something that obviously there's a lot of butterflies there. So it's not, you know, unreasonable for it to have happened, but it's a cool little self-paced magical moment that, that nature is taking place inside the park, which is the entire purpose of this festival. So I'm glad to hear that that's back. And again, with the live entertainment, as I said, they've got the band on weekend evenings, but during the day, they've got Mariachi Cobra alternating times with Voices of Liberty. And again, to add more to the entertainment, this time around, they change for each festival, but the jamming gardeners were playing over in the Canada Pavilion. So again, more entertainment being spread out, as well as entertainment, again, with food options in the World Showplace. So lots of great things to see, to hear. And of course, it wouldn't be our show now if we didn't move on to all the great things to taste. Well, you did go there with the food options. So, you know, obviously anybody that's been to a festival at Epcot, you know that the food options are expanded uh, than the regular countries that are there. So there's obviously more kiosks. We would be foolish to attempt to talk about all of them. So I'm just going to kind of let you handle how you want to describe it. Talk to us about some of the unique food options just to this festival. There's just so many great options. The culinary team at Walt Disney World seems to outdo themselves every festival. They've got those small light bites, little plates, kind of your tapas as you eat around the world. And they come up with new things for every festival. Typically, we've got about 15 to 20 booths, depending on the festival. Each booth will traditionally have three to five menu items and lots of unique beverages. Um, this time, again, with that local feel, they did a lot with local honey. Those of you who are really into nutrition know the great value in eating local honey. Typically, I'm not a honey person, but the menu over there really appealed to me this time. And I have to say, I found this stuff incredibly beautiful with edible flowers on my food and super tasty. I did a video, if you check out our Facebook page, with the trio of little popsicles, a great refreshing treat. Just so many options. But I will say, personally speaking, um, you know, if you've listened to the show, we cover all of the festivals and all of the food booths. And I highly suggest hit the food booths early, hit Epcot during the week, not on the weekend, because there are lines at these booths. They are all prepared on site as they're working. So it's not, you know, assembly line with a hundred of an item ready to go. And nobody wants to spend their whole day online. So take a peek in advance, look at the menu, pick a couple of favorites and maybe if the line at that kiosk is long you'll get it next year head to the next one 
And one of the tips that I'll give too that we've done when we've gone to a festival like this is we've approached um, a spot kind of like right as you walk in at World Showplace and, and you, you see what's to my left, what's to my right. One person goes to the left, one person goes to the right, and you come back and meet at the center so that you're accomplishing two kiosks at, at one time. But I think just as you had described that there's so many things that are self-paced, as ridiculous as what I'm about to sound is, uh, dining at these festivals is 100% self-paced. You have to be prepared that if you're going to eat your way around the world or drink some of your way around the world, that it takes time because it, it, this, the culinary experience is fresh and it is made to order and it is authentic. So just be aware of those things that it's not the type of thing where you're going to walk up, as you said, Sandy, and have a hundred things prepared. It's definitely not grab and go. And I think if you decide, you know what, I've looked at the menu, there's seven kiosks where I have to try something. Even though they're super small tasting portions, if you do seven kiosks, you can skip the sit-down lunch or the sit-down dinner that day. And so while you might spend eight to 20 minutes online to pay and then picking up your food, if you kind of multiply that to all the time you'd spend for a sit-down meal, it is going to even out. So for our culinary people out there, definitely worth giving it all a try. I agree. It goes to your consistent advice. It has to come down to what your priority is on any of these vacations, and so that's definitely no exception. Um, talk to us about what we haven't talked about <laughs> when it comes to this to this festival at this time of the year. So one of the other things they've started doing on their festivals is an additional little hunt. So this year they have the extravaganza hunt. It's an $8 hunt. Find all the hidden features around Epcot and redeem it for a prize. Again, if you've got a young child, you're trying to engage them, you're super into the little $3 collectible that you just paid $8 for, but it keeps you kind of paced through the festival. A lot of fun, but definitely don't go into it for the prize. It's not the biggest thing ever. Okay. Um, the other thing I will say is a lot of the festivals, in addition to obviously Disney merchandise, because what would a festival be without it? There are some other unique booths. And I want to give a big shout out to Georgia Jewelry. That's J-O-R-T-R-A. And I'm going to put a link in our show notes to them. I had the opportunity to talk to Tracy and her husband, who are, again, local people in Florida who hand make this jewelry that tied into the festival incredibly. And I encourage you to take a look at our pictures because there's no way I can describe it and do it justice. But the way that it comes as the logical match to this festival is it's made from cantaloupe seeds, orange seeds, flower petals, just beautiful bracelets and necklaces and earrings that if you looked at it, you would never guess that that's the material. So a great way to get a super unique souvenir, support a small local business. They have an online store as well. So if you're not going to make the festival this year, you can check them out on Facebook and Instagram and order from their website. But just absolutely wonderful people to talk to, beautifully made stuff, a real treasure to remember this year's festival, or maybe you didn't make it and you remember last year's, or it's going to be the thing that's going to keep you remembering, thinking about booking a trip for next year. So that was a real 
neat spot for me to stop. Very cool. And then the other thing that I would say is to talk a little bit for a minute about the park hours. We know that traditionally Disney used to come out with park hours about six and a half months in advance. Currently, they come out with park hours about two months in advance. But check your park hours again the week before you go, maybe even while you're down there, depending what you want to squeeze in. Um, Epcot typically has been closing at seven or eight at night. Again, with the festival and making sure that they're keeping the crowd thinner. I was really surprised the week before we left, Saturday night, Epcot extended hours till 11 p.m. So nice and cool, lower crowds. Again, I wasn't there with any young children, so it kind of worked for us to stay late and a great opportunity. Epcot is just beautiful when it's all lit up at night. So keep an eye on your park hours to add some extra fun. Well, and those types of things, obviously, is the biggest reason to be in touch with travel specialist over at easy Diz. So, you know, I, I can't possibly overstate how important it is to have somebody taking care of those details on your vacation to let you know, Hey, this is what's going on. So let, let's pace your trip differently. So I'm, I'm really excited that you were able to get down there uh, and experience the taste of Epcot's international flower and garden festival so that we could tell everybody about it. Thanks for taking the time tonight to get into it. You bet. It was a great week. And I will say it was a lot of research for me. Next week's show is going to be on Animal Kingdom Lodge. I stayed at Jumbo House this week. And our episode on the 24th is going to be all about the Blizzard Beach reopening. So much going on this week. We're spreading it out over our next three episodes. But I've got it all for you firsthand. It's awesome. Sandy, have a magical week. You as well, Jeff. Thanks. And that's a wrap this week on Let's Talk Diz. If anyone you know could benefit from this or any of our shows, please share, have them like, and subscribe. And don't forget to reach out to the folks at Easy Diz by Instant Impressions Travel Services for any Disney destination planning. Make it a great week. And as always, keep making memories.